Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Tear-Off Gaskets, as well as Phoenix Handlebars, Fox Racing in the USA, as well as Fox Racing Canada. You can go to Fox Moto, follow them on Instagram, Fox Racing Canada. Those guys are fantastic. And uh, I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. I'm on all of these podcasts, this being episode 817 of the Big MX Radio Podcast. We just keep rolling them out. With me on the line, someone that I've been in contact with for over a month now. We go back and forth, sharing all kinds of cool tidbits, and, and, and I love the dialogue so much that I had to bring him on this podcast, because, and we're going to get into it, but this sport is so mental. You, we've seen it, we, we look at body language of these riders, and so much of it goes from momentum to confidence, and confidence via the momentum that has been, been created. This guy boils it down. He cuts through the crap and actually figures out the mental side of maybe the most mental sport on the planet. Thomas Osuna, welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast. Hey Brad, thanks for having me. Speaking of mental, that intro, mental, that was crazy. That was, I, I, I'm really good at this. Yeah, you had a, you had a lot of words to spit out there for sure. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm a complete loss for words, uh, which is how I would be if I had to uh, break down uh, the mental side of the sport of motocross. And that's why I brought you on. You're you're my expert for this particular episode. Someone who knows his shit um, about the mental side. The you you yourself are uh, a mental coach. You do a lot of uh, work with both motocross racers as well as people who uh, need your uh, advice. For everyday life, uh, but rather than me explain what the hell you do, why don't we uh, turn? Why don't I turn that back over on you a little bit? Uh, who the heck is Thomas Osuna? Why are you on the Big MX Radio podcast? Um, who am I? I'm just a dude from the Washington area. Too uh, too Olympia way too uh, way too humble. Maybe like we got we you gotta flex on these people a little bit, big guy. Oh geez, what do I got? Where's say? my I am statement? I am the guy. Man, I have so many of these freaking overthinking shits in my head. It's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, yeah. So, yeah, I am. Gee, who am I? <laughs> I'm nobody. No. Um, I'm basically a nutrition-based performance coach, um, working with motocross riders. And just like you said, almost anybody. Um, but mainly I niche it down to the motocross riders and that's who mainly I work with. Um, I focus on a lot of nutrition. Um, but the biggest and most exciting part to me is the mental side of the sport and basically life if you don't get your mind right you won't get anything right so that's that's a big part of my coaching phase I guess you could call it with my with my clients okay so you've developed a well of knowledge over the years you've studied and and you've been able to sort of boil things down for a lot of and obviously everyone is uh, their own unique snowflake. We got a lot of people out there that are all in their uh, separate and very unique circumstances, uh, but there are commonalities. And you've you've found out ways 
uh, of being able to help these people overcome some obstacles and, and be not only more productive uh, in in day to day life, but also translating that onto the motocross track as well. And we talk about this within the sport of motocross. What a mental sport! It's so mental out there. You, like a, a guy getting whether he's a, a top five guy or a top ten guy or a, a title contender you have that mindset that you need to get into to become that you 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 almost can see it when one of those guys walks into the room um start to unpack that for us a little bit of of that sort of that that uh champions mentality and and what's needed um to be uh almost like that alpha alpha dog out there uh in both life as well as uh, the motocross track uh well like you said just a second ago everybody's different so everybody kind of needs i would say like a different stimulant to turn them into that alpha dog um me personally i'm like a a keep to myself kind of person so i i play the quiet game (laughs) a lot um but you know like when it really comes down to it i'm not and i need to get in the zone i'm not a guy that's I wouldn't say in your face, like loud, stuff like that. I'm more of a keep it calm, keep the lid on until the lid really has to come off, you know? So uh, other people have to be flashy, kind of flex a little bit on the other dudes and be loud to sort of get show and be that alpha person that they need to be kind of walk with their chest out and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, getting, getting and being that alpha dude is different for everybody for sure. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, um, it's a challenge, honestly. And you have to find out what works for you. Um, and, and, and it's, yeah, like you said, it's different for every single person out there. How do you then, uh, come to be able to help people because uh like you said so many different circumstances and, and certain people can be in different circumstances at different times in their lives um like i, I assume there's got to be uh, some education in behind this uh how did you come to the, come to the knowledge that you have and uh and and why does it work uh specifically well towards motocross racers of course you you do race yourself uh, you, you, your home uh, national would probably be uh, the Washougal National. Not a bad track to show to call home, um, but maybe get dive into that a little bit as to why this uh, um, like focuses um, maybe best towards the sport of motocross. Mm, right. Okay. So I mean, a lot of sports in general, the mental side of all of them kind of transfer over here and there um yeah like mostly you got to get in that zone to be able to compete being in the zone means that you have no worries you're just kind of what i guess writing is what we're talking about we're writing on instinct we're not thinking about much besides looking ahead twisting the grip that's basically it so how i've come to really love the mental side I guess is reading really I just and I'm not a person that reads (laughs) so just reading a lot and reading books like the alter ego effect one that I'm right in the middle of is relentless by Tim Grover 
great author. He actually trained a bunch of NBA players. Right. And yeah, it it takes a lot to get me to read. So fascinating subject to me. Um, So yeah, you just another brain fart. (laughs) Dude, it's all right, man. Like uh, this happens. Um, But uh, like when it comes to mental toughness, the sport that just it, it expects so much. Uh, this this sport we have of motocross, where you you've got to have the the strength of an Olympic lifter, you have the explosiveness of a sprinter, uh, you got to have the poise of a gunfighter, and you got to be in, in control of all of that. There's a lot of mental toughness that goes into that, especially even throughout the, uh, a particular race day. You have to be mentally tough enough to lay down those fast lap times. You have to be. You have to pull the trigger on a perfect start, and then you also have to be have the composure to consistently put down those lap times. You can't just sprint the entire times, and you have to be able to once you get that first awesome uh, finish with that first moto, you have to be able to back that up, and you have to deal with that pressure. Uh, where does the the mental toughness part come in for you uh, when it comes to, uh, to helping out some of the people that you've uh, you've worked with in the past? Awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, mental toughness in its own little phrase is sort of misleading. <laughs> it makes people think, like, you got you to gotta make your brain suffer to be stronger, and that's, that's not 100% true, I would say. So, like, leave all the suffering to off-the-bike stuff. You're going to be lifting, you're going to be running and cycling and working out off the bike leave your suffering for there like basically when you're riding you you need to not be suffering that's what's going to cause you to tighten up that's what's going to cause you to get tired mentally and physically tired um because when you're thinking too much when you're riding you're not focusing on what you need to focus on you're focusing on who's behind me what do i need to do two turns from now um oh shit what gear am i in instead of just go and you you let your body kind of do its own thing so when you have that good finish and for everybody a good finish isn't always first there's there's only one first place guy so maybe you maybe you wanted a, a top five so you get your first top five you get off the track you're stoked you go back to the truck you gotta you gotta calm yourself down, let yourself kind of decompress from that high so that you can get back calm or however you get into your zone to back it up in the second moto so you can't you can't ride that high for too long hundred percent and honestly like I found like i I won my very first race last year. Uh, at one of my favorite tracks after racing for 20 years finally came across a stripe uh, ahead of everybody else does not matter that there was only five people in the race including myself I beat all four of those people two of which didn't show up and um, yeah no I, I uh, it was uh, we're not we're not gonna just dis- we're not gonna discuss how I won that race the reality is that I did come across the first and honestly I I, I seriously, had thoughts of like, do I even race the second moto? Because I don't even want to like 
have this day tainted by like having one good moto and one bad one. Like I was almost crushed by the pressure of having to back that up, even though uh, it was only two other plus 25 B riders that I was going to have to uh, finish in front of to, uh, to complete the perfect day. I was able to do so uh, mainly because I looked at the situation and was like, I'd be stupid not to go out there. The track was awesome. Um, But like guys dealing with stuff like that and we see it, with guys like Ken Roxon and guys like Cooper Webb, who like there are tons of fans out there who who like to jump on the mental toughness bandwagon of uh, the fact that that Kenny might not be as mentally tough as as he appears, or that he seems to make up of a lot of excuses and stuff like that. What do you have to say when when uh, you see a lot of fans sort of starting to like hurl rocks and stuff like that as far as uh, seeing Kenny crumble uh, down the back stretch of a lot of these championships where uh, he he holds the points lead for a short bit or he does win races but at the very end he tends to falter. Uh, I'd like to see a lot of them even walk with a bulldog like Cooper Webb just breathing down the back of their neck. True. I mean, yeah, sure. Maybe you can critique and say, yeah, Kenny's not as mentally tough as Cooper, but like he had to hold the points lead somehow. You don't just get there on a hope and prayer. Like <laughs> he, he came out swinging and he did his job, but you know, the top guys, they're all fighting over 1%, 1% of anything. So if, if say Cooper Webb started the championship two percent less of a mental edge as Kenny did, and then you go a few races in, Dean Wilson gets in front of him, knocks him off his flow. That's and then Ken Ken loses at one percent, Cooper gains one percent. That's a two percent swing, and all of a sudden you you got blood in the water, and the, you know what Cooper Webb's going to do. He's he's going to take it. Yeah, he he, he always finds a way. Uh, finds a way. From your perspective, why is it that he's able to uh, continue to sort of go to that mental uh, platform or that mental um, real estate? Where he he feeds off of that that uh, that chip on his shoulder that uh, I'm gonna show these guys like honestly if if I go off of like basically body language of what I see and, and just the the communication that I have with Cooper is that like every time he's he's like he sees adversity he I think that he sees it as an opportunity to show anybody who ever told him no that they were wrong. And I think that like he really uses sort of that power of the dark side sort of sort of uh, motivation to have to help him overcome. And that's exactly what you have to do. I mean, use adversity as fuel because you got people telling you no, you got people telling you you're not the fastest dude, you're not the best guy. Yeah, that could all be true, but if you take the negative and to be like and then to turn it into a positive as far as, yeah, I'm not the fastest guy. I wasn't picked first for many contracts. I didn't win as many amateur nationals as who was his guy, Adam Cincerillo. Yes. Um, and just turn all that negative stuff as fuel to prove your haters wrong. And that's, 
that's what he does. He's just so good at taking that negative energy and being like, okay, all right, let's, let's wait till Saturday and I'll, I'll show you, I'll show you who I am. He does that. He, he absolutely does. He, he brings that, uh, that chip on his shoulder, no matter where he goes. And the funny thing about it is that, uh, he's almost, uh, conscious to, to not lose it by any means. If you know what I mean? Like he keeps that edge fresh is that like, I think guys mm-hmm. like him, similar to like a Jeremy Martin, who like you barely t- heard about Jeremy Martin until he turned pro is those guys had their entire careers as an amateur. They did their fair share of winning. There's no question about that, but they always played second fiddle to somebody. And, and same goes for a guy like Ryan Villapoto, a guy from your neck of the woods, just, just like eating ton, uh, tons of roost from guys like Mike Alessi creates a hunger that you you just you feed off of for an entire professional career and, and those guys have like even like if you ask Cooper Webb today how do you see yourself in the eyes of fans and and the industry he would still consider himself an underdog and the reality is, is the guy is a two-time Supercross champ outdoor champ two-time Super 250 Supercross champ and 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 just and a, and a multi-millionaire at that still thinks of himself as an underdog I feel like um, that is, is maybe the most powerful thing within his, uh, his repertoire. Now, like, how do you think he's able to, to cultivate that? Is there some sort of like evening routines or morning routines that he can continue to be working on to prepare himself to be successful day in, day out? Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely do morning, evening routines. Um, I'm not going to speak for Cooper, but I mean, if you're a person that's going to take the negatives and use them as fuel, then I would put maybe a list in a journal of the people that you're going to prove wrong and meditate to that list. I don't know. Say that list over and over again and visualize that list. You know, it's really up to you, how you want to take it, how you want to run with that one particular idea but um let's say for i'm going to start with the evening because that's what i'm closest to now and that's kind of what i'm going to be leaning into in a couple hours um evening routine i usually start with stretching just loosening up all the muscles and at the same time i'm doing like breath work um nice nice kind of relaxing breath just inhale for five seconds hold it for three exhale for seven and that's basically like cleansing any negative thoughts out of your mind um and you can also finish it with like a little nighttime visualization of what your day is going to be like tomorrow so say you're doing this on a friday night and you got a big race tomorrow and you've got a you got to prepare yourself for how you're going to react to certain situations or even how your race is going to go. So you sit there, you either sit there or lay on your back. I like to lay on my back because that's what you do in yoga. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. But lay there and kind of shut your eyes, visualize. I don't know if you want to sit there for an entire 30 minute plus two moto and visualize that entire thing, but. I break it down into five, 10 minutes and uh, just kind of do a quick blip. We, we can go with the, the gate drop to five to 10 minutes in. 
couple laps and that'll give you enough of your edge that you need to be able to go to go to bed and wake up confident in the morning and then start your morning routine which for everybody it's different for me over the past six months it's evolved as well um but what, what i've had the most success with is getting up and getting some fresh air in the morning going for a walk if it's not dumping rain <laughs> um <laughs> it's good it's good for the good for the brain good for the body get up get moving uh and then i would come in and go into my workout room and do a little meditation and then back up the meditation with yoga and visualization again and basically the visualization is you could even you could do the same visualization as you did the night before the gate drop to the first couple laps or you can go to the last few laps the last 10 minutes of the race um where you know the tracks are just going to be beaten down and terrible and you're probably gonna be in a dogfight with whoever you're racing whether it be ken roxon or eli tomac or zach osborne outdoors and sort of how you're going to handle that situation um and that'll kind of prepare you for say him him coming across and shutting the door that'll prepare what your reaction to that will be whether it's going to be with throttle even more and lay off the brakes and hope that he backs off or you hit the brakes kind of shuffle to the outside and make the, the counter pass back to him because he wasn't expecting that it'll it'll prepare your brain for what you need to do that's kind of what i'm getting at right absolutely and and this is something that i i think it gets talked about and there's you see athletes who who are demonstrating it and I, I think even still the overwhelming public who who participate in sport or they want to achieve things they're still skeptical of the of the uh, of visualization meditation and stuff like that as far as being able to actually impl- implement them into their their everyday uh, lives like you've been already doing this like you said for about six months I don't think I wouldn't imagine that it uh, takes uh, an overwhelming taxing amount of time for you and the the results come like I I speak about uh, one of the guys I had on this podcast about three years ago in Andy Frisella he's one of my favorite entrepreneurs one of my favorite mentors who I've, I've been in contact with for almost over four years now and the guy started out 12 years ago making $685 working uh, with the, the company that he had started, Supplement Superstores in Missouri. The guy had like the guy had stores and he was working, working his tail off and trying to hustle and doing stuff on the side for 10 years. His his salary was like he, he paid himself $685 a month, but for that time. Or during that time, he visualized every single night, and he had no reason to do so. The the guy was driving a 2006 Dodge Ram, fine truck for most people, but for like he wanted more. He wanted to drive uh, a white 
Lamborghini Countach, which if people don't don't know what car that is, if you've seen the uh, Wolf of Wall Street, that's a Lamborghini Countach. He wanted to own that car, and he wanted to to fly in a private jet. And he would before he would go to bed every night, and every morning when he'd wake up, he would visualize, he'd close his eyes, and visualize everything about that experience. The, the steps coming down from the plane, how the, the metal would feel in his hands as he, he's ascending up the stairs. And Thomas, I'm telling you right now, Andy does not fly commercial anymore. He has his own plane. He flies it all the time. And he owns first form supplements as well as supplement superstore as well as other brands who are, they're in the, they're in the M's right now, working towards being in the B's for billions as far as uh, as revenue every single year and the guy continues to grow and, and continues to uh, to gain speed on that so it's really amazing to see him do what he does and uh, the, the fact that these things actually do work there's a lot of people who might be listening to this right now who might roll their eyes like I'm not meditating and I'm not visualizing well that's all well and good you're, you're also not going to achieve the goals that you really have set for yourself and you already you probably don't also want those things because if you really wanted them you would hear this right now and say that's what I actually want I want to be able to have that house by the lake with with blank 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 and I want to have make that happen if you want to make that happen you have to see it before it happens and uh, and that's something that I don't think a lot enough people fully acknowledge and realize that they need to do those types of things in, in order to be truly successful and uh, and, and attain the type of um, of achievement that they that they really want if they want to be a high achiever Right, right. And you, you touched on something that I completely blanked on, which was when he's walking down the, the steps of his plane, you visualize what those steps are going to feel like. You visualize what the tarmac is going to smell like. What's that railing going to feel like? What's, it, what's the overall feeling your body's going to get? Are you going to get chills because this is the first time you're stepping on or off of a private jet. So you, you got to take all those things. And like I touched on an immediate future visualization, you kind of took it to further down the line future. This guy was making 680 something dollars a month, but he was visualizing the end goal that he had millionaire close to billionaire and driving a Lamborghini flying private. And what that's doing is it's not only confidence, but success compounding. Just, and it obviously, like you said, it's not going to happen overnight. And I tell this to everybody that's starting this brand new too. It's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to do this morning routine. You're not going to do this yoga, meditation, and visualization the first time and be like, holy shit. I feel like a new person. No, you're going to do it and you're going to be like, eh, I don't know, but do it for a couple weeks. That's going to turn into a couple months, depending on how big your goal is. A few more months to a year down the road, you look back and you're like, oh, damn, some progress got made for real. Oh, absolutely. It, it, I hear this from uh, from podcasters all the time people start youtube channels i'm not getting the views i want i'm not getting the the traction i want dave drakes my uh, co-host always given me uh, a, a sob story that people not enough people are watching and listening to his stuff i'm like dude 
Do you have any idea how many podcasts I did before anyone gave a fuck? They probably there's not enough people listen now. I get tons of people who still DM and they let me know. Like my goal is ten times that many d- direct messages and emails and, and messages. I I want so many more people to watch this podcast or listen to the podcast than already do. I'm a I'm a, I'm miles ahead of where I started, but I'm also miles uh, away from where I want to be with the podcast. And you have to be so patient with it, and you have to be, uh, but you have to be actively patient. You have to continue to put out uh, content. You have to continue to bring people things that they might want to uh, sink their teeth into, uh, but also. Um, be understanding of the fact that you're not going to, this isn't going to be an all like an overnight success for you and and nothing ever is. It's the people who do a set of crunches and look down, hoping to see a set of abs pop out that really, uh, you're never going to be truly successful doing that because that's not how success works. Right. Yeah, exactly. And being patient is such a tough piece to, to any puzzle really. But one thing that resonates, resonated, I guess, with me that I bring to not only my business, but to my, my clients, what do you call it? Like a program, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Um, is detaching from the outcome. If you're doing this specifically to get 10,000 views or 10,000 listens or you're doing this specifically to get a championship underneath your belt and you're going to try so hard to get those views, to get those listens, to get that championship that it's not going to happen. If you detach yourself from that outcome and you're just having fun, talking to people, talking to the camera and you're just riding your dirt bike because you can go fast. And I mean, it's a hell of a stress reliever from life. Then do that you're going to accomplish your goal faster than you ever thought possible. For sure. Like, honestly, like I started doing this podcast in 2014. I did it because I love motocross and I wanted to bring myself closer to the sport and be able to tell stories that weren't already being told within the sport. Shed light on people who are working hard and showing and, and, and creating cool content and, and just creating a, a bigger pie of, of how many uh, podcasts there were to listen to. At the time when I started, um, the there was not the saturation that there is now in, in the podcast world. And I'm glad that there are so many podcasts to listen to. There's so many different opinions out there and different people who, that uh, – and far more than I can even have on my podcast. I don't have that kind of time uh, to have – 30 guests on every single every single week. I couldn't do it. Um, but the reality is, is that uh, I, I started out, I wanted to have a, uh, wanted to get bigger and bigger all the time. I wanted to be able to have conversations with some of my heroes like Jeremy McGrath and four years into the doing the podcast, if I had quit after the first year, it never would have happened. If I quit after the second year, it never would have happened. If I quit after the third year, it never would have happened. But in the fourth year of my podcast in 2017, I went, I went to California for an eight-week stint in which one, one show that I hosted, I hosted it uh, alongside on ESPN Radio with Jeremy McGrath. The following week, my co-hosts were Rick Johnson and Ryan Hughes in 2017. It took me four years of hard work, blood, sweat, and tears to make this podcast happen for me to get there. And 
I absolutely love that experience. And that experience alone has kept me going all the way till we're at right now. And I absolutely love uh, doing especially stuff like this where shedding light on someone like yourself who works hard in the industry, helps out people who, who want to level up, who want to get to that next level of performance both on and off the track. And I think that it's worthwhile doing. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I guess I'm going to ask you a question. Kind of take me through that experience. Obviously, you hosted a couple shows with superstars. And a few years later, you're still podcasting. For sure. You obviously didn't stop. You didn't achieve your goal of hosting something with Jeremy McGrath and just be like, cool. I've done it. Yeah, yeah. job's done. I'm, I'm done. I quit. I, I achieved my goal. Well, that that's you. You set yeah. higher goals. Absolutely. That that's the 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 thing. The the like, um, the funny thing about setting big goals is that you will like truly never feel like you've completely arrived because every time that you you get ever, even close to the bar, you will set it higher. When when you you say you want to make a certain amount uh, on an annual basis. You'll like when you get anywhere close to that, you're gonna want to move even higher than that. If you say you wanna you wanna win a, a a local championship, before you wrap up the points in that championship, you're gonna have your your eyes set on going to Loretta Lynn's or another amateur national uh, and and test your medal against the best people in the country, and and and, and it continues to go on uh, like that. And uh, honestly, I, I, I chase that feeling of being able to lock in really, really interesting podcasts and interviews and, and shedding light on things that other people uh, haven't seen before. And, and yeah, like uh, standing across from uh, Roger DeCoster while the two of us compare, uh, this is back in 2017, so it's like comparing his uh, championship battles with Heike Mikola from Finland uh, to between uh, the, the championship between uh, Dungey and before uh, Roxon got hurt. I was talking to him about that after Anaheim won, like back in 2017. That stuff is so cool. And I want to continue doing that sort of stuff. And I want to continue to build Big MX Radio uh, as its uh, little platform uh, to become uh, something that people can really uh, turn to, find enjoyment at, find uh, Big MX Radio as a place to escape and uh, from, from everything else they got going on in their lives. And if I can continue to do that then uh then I'm, I'm successful with this and that's why i continue to do it there you go yeah you're chasing the experience you're not chasing the outcome for sure like it's like th that's why honestly i i feel like i've always been able to stay in good shape is that like i know a lot of my i'm 32 years old there's plenty of uh people my age or, or friends of mine that have uh have got kind of like fallen off the fitness bandwagon and it's it's because um, I, I obviously like if, if I go to the gym for a long period of time and I'm consistent with it, and I'm, I'm looking good. I, I'm, I'm, I look good in a bathing suit. That's fantastic. But I love the work. I love that mid workout feeling when you're, you're pacing around the gym, like, a uh, like, like a, like a lion in the, the, they call it the lion's den over by the free weights. And I know I'm getting off into like a, some weird territory here, but I absolutely love it. Like you just get into this zone that you're just 50 feet tall and bulletproof. You walk out of the gym feeling like you could run over a truck and that's just a great feeling. So I, I, I love that more than I love getting in shape. And I, that's honestly why I think I'm able to, to achieve the, the results I want is because I, I just love the work. It's the same thing with the podcast. Like when, when Dave, 
my my pod uh, my co-host Dave uh, kind of cries to me about like the fact that his podcast isn't absolutely crushing it. And I'm like, dude, just love putting out love putting out content. If you don't love putting out content, then no one's gonna like it. You know what I mean? No one's gonna be um, receptive to it because you gotta like. You know what I mean? Like it, you can't just be putting things out there hoping that people uh, they're they're just gonna like share it and 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 comment like crazy. You, you got to bring that energy to it. I, I think that's a really important piece. Right, and like even when I'm, we'll get back to dirt bikes here. I'll, I'll transition it back to it. But Do um, it. even when even when I'm like writing my own content, you can feel it in the words that you're reading in the post that I posted, like this guy wasn't feeling it when he wrote this versus like something that really lights me up. And I was like, super fired up about it. You're like, there it is. There's that post was real good. It read well. It really like hit me on all levels. I comprehended it. All right. Let's like it, comment onto the next. Um, but yeah, bringing that energy, like I just said, you can feel it when you're reading something. You can sense it in a podcast when you're not even reading the person's face. And you can see that in a dirt bike rider, how they're riding, how they're carrying themselves on the track. Are they elbows up, leaning forward, just attack mode? Or are they elbows down, kind of hanging back, maybe a little droopy? They're not happy. Same thing with the person carrying themselves during the workday. Are they standing up, shoulders back, kind of walking fast to their next task? Are they pounding the keys on a keyboard because they're fired up, ready to go? Or are they sitting back in their chair, just kind of hanging out, and laboring from task to task and just kind of run, run the clock out? Like you can sense all that. And obviously the people that are performance driven, I guess I could say going immediately from task to task and just working, getting their work done, being to kind of quote a call that I had a few days ago, being the A team person, you can feel that. And you just like you can feel that and see that in a motocross rider. 100% my uh, I, I, I probably uh, watch too much uh, quotes from uh, a guy like Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, two favorite quotes of his that I have is that uh, if you're if you walk into the gym worrying that you're gonna end up looking like me don't worry you won't uh, mainly because that's that was his genetics plus work level was just unmatched but also he said that in the 70s when he was training at his absolute best he would have guys who who trained with him same weights same reps same everything but they wouldn't have the results because they're just sort of they're 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 just going through the motions they're just all la di da whereas he would he was focused on every single rep and getting everything out of every uh, every moment that he's spending at the gym whereas those guys were just blase and that was the difference of being able to act with intention and uh, honestly I, th I think that's re really where the the mental uh, fortitude the strength uh, really comes from and, and that's sort of what we're kind of spinning this back to talking about is, is the sport of motocross being such a mental game uh, and and being able to be prepared uh, to uh, to take your riding to the next level and I think that's what's necessary 
Right, right. Yeah, and even if you're not feeling on it that day, you still owe it to – you don't owe it to anybody else. You owe it to yourself to put in the right amount of work to get yourself to that goal that you want. You can't show up to the track and go through the motions. Well, I did a 20-lap moto. Yeah, you did. You did 20 laps, though. You didn't do a 20-lap moto. True. Yeah, no, totally. Like, yeah. So no, you got to show up and put in the work. Every day. So um, in synopsis, and if, if people want to start uh, following along with yourself uh, on social media, maybe they want to uh, employ your services a little bit um, and just see, see what you're all about, where can they find you on social media so they can follow along and, uh, and connect better uh, with, with you? Yeah, I am on Facebook and Instagram, uh, just as my name, Thomas Osuna. Thomas Osuna. Um, uh, find him at a find find him at uh, Washugal or what's your favorite? What 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 track are, are people going to find you at if if they're in your area? Shoot, depends. Uh, Grace Harbor is about thirty minutes away from me. Grace Harbor ORV. Uh, I've been to Washougal a few times this year, so if you're if you're down there, I'm I'll probably be down there a couple more times this year. Those are gonna be the two that I really frequent. So yeah, the others are quite a few hours away and a guy like me doesn't get out much unfortunately. So Grays Harbor and Washougal will be the two that I would get to the most. Well, sounds like a better situation than I am in, my friend. Uh, right now, uh, all recreational tracks closed due to COVID restrictions. Uh, don't even get me started uh, on uh, on that, but uh, I guess that's what's necessary so that uh, people in my area can finally beat that thing. Uh, but I do have my first vaccine uh, booked uh, May 31st. But uh, this was fun, man. I really appreciate you making the time for us today to, uh, to walk us through. And uh, yeah. Uh, pleasure's all on this side of the board. Oh yeah, for sure. The same. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for even considering having me on in the first place. And yeah, this was fun. Have to do it again sometime. Absolutely. We'll pencil that in for a later date. You have yourself a great rest of your day, my friend. Do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. <laughs>